0: Well, turn in your Bible tonight, if you would, please, to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. And with the help of the Lord, I'm going to begin reading uh, in verse number 6 of this chapter. And be reading just three verses of Scripture tonight. And throughout the course of the message, I'm going to be zeroing in primarily on verses 7 and 8. I told you last evening, if you would come back to the house of the Lord tonight that we would do a Bible study, that I would take my time and show you what the Word of God has to say concerning giving by faith. And so I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to read these three verses of Scripture. Then we'll have a time of prayer together. And Then we'll zero in on the text here for just a few moments. Uh, let's, uh, I'll tell you what, let's just begin tonight with the Word of Prayer. I don't normally do that. I just feel impressed of the Lord to do that tonight. Let's pray together. Lord, you have been so good to us tonight. I want to thank you for all of the wonderful singing. My, how you have used these children tonight to stir our hearts about this matter of reaching the world with the gospel. I want to thank you for the staff of Ocala Christian Academy. I want to thank you for my dear friend, Dr. Andy Bloom, Mrs. Bloom, and their family. Thank you for the church family of Central Baptist Church of Ocala, Florida. Lord, I pray that as they follow the faith of their man of God, that the greatest days of outreach and ministry for this church would still be yet to come. Lord, it's very, very plain to see, having been here, that this is a very special place. Lord, I believe it's one of the greatest churches in all of America, Lord, thank you for their outreach. Thank you for their burden. And I pray, my Father, again, that the best days for this church would still be yet to come. Now, Father, I I thank you for what they have done to reach a lost and dying world with the gospel. But I wonder, I just wonder tonight, couldn't we do just a little more? In light of the great need... Of the far north, in light of the great need of Nicaragua, in light of the great need of Wales, in light of the great need of church rescue, in light of the need of the world, God, would you speak to us tonight from just a few moments from the pages of your word, and we'll give you glory and honor in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. Look at verses 6, 7, and 8. Paul writes, as he was led of the Holy Ghost of God to do so, but this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. If you'll recall, and if you were blessed to be here two years ago, when God blessed me to preach your missions conference, you recall that I preached a message from the preceding chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, that I entitled A Working Faith That Finances the Work of God. And throughout the course of that message, while zeroing in on the first five verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, we examined the exhibited faith of the Macedonian church's giving as it pertained specifically to giving so that others could hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, initially, while pinning the letter... Paul was addressing an unkept promise by the Corinthians uh, that they had made a year earlier to give to the saints at Jerusalem. However, in an effort to give them an example of giving by faith so that others could hear the gospel, Paul led the, uh, Paul was led by the Holy Ghost of God to use the churches of Macedonia, the church of Philippi, the church of Thessalonica, the church of Berea, as an example of giving by faith. Now, there are those that referred to the Macedonians giving as grace giving and it certainly is grace-giving. However, I personally prefer the term that you use around here, faith promise giving, because I believe that term more adequately describes the type of giving the Macedonian churches were involved in. And I say that this evening because the Macedonians, they were giving by faith for the sake of others. And of course the word of God goes into great detail within the first 5 verses of scripture of 2 Corinthians chapter number 8 to teach us about their giving. Now, as I said earlier, this is going to be a type of Bible study tonight. Now, I've got preach inside of me and I'm sure a little preach would make its way out throughout the course of our Bible study, but I think this is important. There may be someone here tonight and maybe you've never given to missions before. Uh, maybe you- You're just starting to follow the faith of Dr. Bloom and get involved in giving so that others could hear the gospel. So it's important for you to realize that giving by faith for the sake of others, it isn't Dr. Bloom's idea. It isn't Brother Caudill's idea. It's God's idea. I'll tell you what let's do by way of review quickly. Turn back, if you would please, to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. And let's review for the next five minutes about these Macedonian churches giving. First of all, notice the problems their faith had to overcome. When you study the Bible, according to verse number two of this chapter, the Macedonians gave in spite of some things. They gave, according to verse two, in spite of great affliction. They gave, according to verse 2, in spite of deep poverty. They were not giving, ladies and gentlemen, because they could afford to give. They were giving by faith in spite of deep poverty. Let me say this, and I'm moving tonight. There will always be problems your faith will have to overcome if you're going to get involved in giving regularly, faithfully, systematically, As the Bible clearly teaches, over and above our regular offerings, tithes, and offerings, so that others could hear the gospel. The obstacles, the problems their faith had to overcome. Second Corinthians chapter 8 also teaches us about the pattern of their faith. If you'll dig into the truth of verse 3, you'll discover the pattern of their faith was actually twofold. First of all, they started giving to their power. And Dr. Bloom, I'm so thankful the Holy Spirit of God inspired Paul to say that because it helps me to know if I have never given to missions before, uh, here's a great place to start. Start giving to your power. If you've never given before, start giving to your power. You say, well, preacher, what does it mean to give to your power? Sit down and figure up what you can give monthly and give what you can afford to give. That is exactly where the Macedonians started giving. They started giving to their power. But wait a minute. When they started giving to their power, when they started putting their money where their mouth was, amen, when it comes to reaching others with the gospel, their heart followed, just like Jesus said it would in the New Testament of the Bible. For where a man's treasure is, Jesus said there would his heart be also. And since they put their money, in world evangelism since they put their money in church planning when they put their treasure there their heart followed and they wanted to give more but the problem with that was listen they were living in extreme poverty and so I believe they went back to the drawing room and they sat down as a family and they figured up what more they could give and they couldn't afford to give it so they went to the Lord in prayer And they told the Lord, Lord, we want to give more. But the problem with that is, it just doesn't add up, Lord. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a step of faith here. And we're going to trust you. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. We're going to trust you to give through us so that others could hear the gospel, what you would never give to us to keep and put in a bank account. And when they prayed that prayer of faith, God was honored with that prayer of faith and God began to give through them. That's why I say their pattern of giving was actually twofold. They started giving to their power, but after a while there was a holy dissatisfaction with that and they wanted to give more. And they took a step of faith, and God enabled them to give beyond their power for God's honor and God's glory. So we see the pattern of their giving. Thirdly, no, thirdly, notice the partnership of their faith. Not only the pattern of their faith, notice the partnership. Do you see it in verse 4? In verse 4 of Second Corinthians chapter 8, the Macedonians literally begged Paul to take their offering for the sake of reaching others because they realized then that it wasn't just that the missionary needed the church. Now please don't misunderstand. The missionary needs the church. God designed it to be that way. But wait a minute. Can I ask you a question tonight? Listen to me, and I want you to talk to me. This is just a Bible study tonight, all right? I want you to talk to me. I want you to help me. Central Baptist Church of Ocala, Florida. Can I ask you a question? And I want you to answer. Has God called you to reach Wales with the gospel? He sure has. Go ye into where? All the world. World evangelism may begin across the street, but it doesn't end across the street. We have been commanded. It isn't a suggestion to be ignored, Brother Banfi. It is a command to be obeyed. We have been commanded to reach the world with the gospel. Wait a minute. Has God called you Central Baptist Church? to reach the far north? Well, can I ask you a question? If you're busy reaching Ocala with the gospel, how can you reach the far north? We can send a missionary. If you're busy reaching Ocala, Florida, and I know you are, then how can you reach Wales with the gospel? You can send Brother Ron and Miss Joni, Ron Gioni. That's an inside joke. That's not their name. It's Fred and Ethel. That's who you can send. You can send them. You can send them. So it isn't just that they need you. You need them. You cannot do it without them. God has designed it to be that way. We are co-laborers together, the partnership of their faith. And then the Bible in verse number five talks of the priority of their faith because the word of God plainly teaches us that they first, they first, they first, first gave their own selves to the Lord. That is to say, before they put their faith promise card in the offering plate, they first put themselves in the offering plate. And friend, I want you to listen to the preacher tonight. I assure you, you will have no problem tithing through your local church if you first put yourself in the offering plate. And by the way, the Bible teaches me in the book of Leviticus that the tithe belongs to the Lord. The tithe is to be given through our local Bible-believing church. The tithe is God's ordained way of the staff being taken care of, of the light bill being paid, the water bill being paid. The tithe is not yours. The Bible is very clear on the subject. The tithe is the Lord's. So we haven't even started giving until we give over and above the tithe. So our giving starts with giving a tithe. But then... After we have given the tithe, there is sacrificial offerings. And then there is what I believe is the most blessed giving of all. And that is giving for the sake of others. And I assure you tonight, dear friend, if you follow the example of these Macedonian churches and you first put yourself in the offering plate, you'll have no problem with the missions offering. Amen? Oh, listen to me, the word of God teaches us that the Macedonian churches had learned the joy of giving by faith. That's why 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9 have been dedicated to teaching each and every one of us the ins and outs of giving by faith. And let me tell you why that's so vitally important. Because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now listen, I have no doubt in my mind someone has already gone to Dr. Bloom. Now he hasn't said that this has happened. But I have no doubt someone has already at least alluded to this truth to to Dr. Bloom. Brother Bloom, we already are giving over $200,000 to world evangelism. And yet you want to do more? Preacher, I just can't see it. Well, I got news for you, friend. If you could see it, there'd be no faith to it. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so there are a few truths directly from your King James Bible tonight that I want to call your attention to as you turn back, if you would please, to 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. Zero in with me now on verses 7 and 8. First of all, notice number one, giving by faith is to be personal giving. Notice the first two words of verse number 7. The first two words of verse number 7 are every man. Would you say those two words with me? Let's say them together. Shall we? Every man. Now remember Paul is writing these two chapters in order to admonish the Corinthians to get involved in giving for the sake of others. He has used the Macedonian believers as an example of giving by faith in the preceding verses. Now, in light of that, and in light of their example, who is he encouraging to get involved in giving? Does Paul say... Every preacher, that's not what Paul says. maybe Paul says, every deacon, by the way, if I was a deacon, I'd be in that meeting tomorrow at 530. The preacher's already said, you're going to be fined $1,000. He's already fining me 500 for touching the microphone over there. So I'd be in that meeting. If I, if I was a deacon tomorrow, I'd be in that meeting I don't know but what I might touch that microphone on the way to it but I'd be in that meeting amen but when it comes to missions giving the Bible doesn't say here every deacon that's not what the Bible says the Bible doesn't even say every Sunday school teacher every Christian school teacher every uh, staff member of the no uh, that's not what the Bible says what does the Bible say every man can you imagine the difference it would make at Central Baptist Church of Ocala, Florida, as great, as missions-minded as this church is? I guarantee you, I don't know who gives and who doesn't give, but I know this. There are some of these independent, fundamental, temperamental Baptists around here. They're not giving. Can you imagine? Let's just say God works through the singing of those precious younguns tonight to touch your heart about the need of the world, and all of a sudden you decided, feel impressed to the Lord to take a step of faith and start giving over and above your regular tithes and offerings so that others could hear the gospel. Can you imagine, Dr. Bloom, can you imagine the difference it would make not only in the faith promise missions giving for the next year but in the overall attitude and spirit of the church? It's God's will God has so designed it that way that every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every one of us ought to get involved in reaching others with the gospel. Giving by faith is to be personal giving. Secondly, giving by faith is to be purposed giving. Verse number 7. Every man according as he, watch this, purposeth. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. This is interesting. The word purposeth is found only here in the New Testament of your King James Bible. And it literally means to choose deliberately. Giving by faith so that others could hear the gospel. Listen, it ought to be purposed giving. You ought to determine. The preacher has told you about it every night before he had somebody come out and tear the faith promise out of uh, the missions booklet. And he's encouraged you. He's admonished you to pray about what the Lord would have you to give again Over and above your regular tithes and offerings through your local church that others could hear the gospel. Well, once you have that amount that God wants you to give, purpose in your heart that you're going to do it. That you're going to give it. Can I say tonight what I think every missionary who is supported by Central Baptist Church would want me to say? They're depending upon you. I know they're ultimately depending upon the Lord, but they're depending upon the Lord to keep the money coming through you. You see, the gospel is sort of like water stored deep in the ground. The water is free, but friend, it takes finances to get it from where it is to where people need it. And if the world's going to hear the gospel, it will be ultimately as a result of every man purposing in his heart. Giving by faith is to be purposed giving. Thirdly, right here in the text, giving by faith is to be persistent giving. Verse 7 says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. Notice the next four words. So Let him give. Listen, the Bible doesn't teach us to give a faith promise offering for the first six weeks after the missions conference and then when the excitement and the awe of the missions conference wears off to stop giving it. Oh, absolutely not. So let him give. Can I say this and say it kindly? But at the same time say it without apology. It takes more than just a promise of giving to make a difference for the cause of Christ. It takes a performance of giving. I'll say this and I'm moving. Talking about reaching others with the gospel won't get the job done. It's great to have plans, but plans alone will not get the job done. Somebody is going to have to give, and not only give, but give faithfully. Give persistently. Giving by faith is to be persistent giving. Number four, it's right here in the text. Paul said in verse 7, giving by faith is to be positive giving. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. God loveth a cheerful giver. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read in my Bible and discover something that God loves, I want to get busy doing a lot more of it. Amen. Well, the Bible is abundantly clear. God loveth a cheerful giver. That word cheerful comes from the same root word as the word hilarious. Do you know what the word hilarious means? It literally means arousing amusement to the point of celebration. And so offering time is not only a time of dedication. Brother Saunders, according to that Bible, you and I say we believe from cover to cover. Offering time is a time of jubilation. It's a time of celebration. For God loveth a cheerful giver. Faith promise giving is to be positive giving. And then finally, it's right here in the text. Giving by faith is to be proving giving. Let's read verse number 8, shall we? And God is able. mm mm Can I stop right there and link verse number 7 up with verse number 8? Do you know what God is saying? Here's what God is saying for the pen of the Apostle Paul. After you and I have given personally. After you and I have given purposefully. After you and I have given persistently. uh, Positively. After all that we can do, the Bible says... And God is able. Do you know what God is saying? God is saying, if you do what you can do, I give you my word. I'll do what I can do. And God is able, watch your Bible, to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Did you happen to notice God used the word all three times in this single verse of scripture? He also used the word always one time as well. Do you see what God is doing? He's piling Bible truths concerning giving on top of one another over and over and over again. God says all grace, always all sufficiency, all faith brother, do you think for one moment that God would allow you to outgive Him? He will not. He teaches us in His word beyond a shadow of a doubt that giving by faith is to be proving giving. If we do what we can do God has promised that He will do what only He can do. Can I share this one true story with you? Before we dismiss in prayer tonight, there are so many stories I could share with you about how God has proven 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 8 in my life and in my precious wife's life. When I was the pastor of Canaan Baptist Church of Covington, Georgia, of course, Brother Satterfield was full-time with me there for nine of the 12 years that we served together. And we had a full-time secretary. She worked there. And then we had a couple of part-time secretaries. And Cassie was a part-time secretary at the church. She took care of all of our missions support. She sent out the missions checks every month. She worked three days a week and she didn't make a lot of money but the church gave her a little bit of salary to compensate her coming in and working those uh, three eight-hour days a week at the church. And so at our house when we started giving faith promise we gave as a family and that was it. And then God burdened our hearts through the preaching of the Word of God to take another step of faith one year and we still of course gave our family faith promise but I started giving a personal faith promise as did Cassie and our son Joshua at that time. So we had our family faith promise but then I had a faith promise, Cassie had a faith promise and Joshua had a faith promise as well. I guess Dr. Bloom, it was probably about a year after we left the pastorate, having been in mission, that Cassie came to me one day and she said, You know, there, there are many things that I miss about pastoring, but I think what I miss the most is my own personal faith promise. I think I miss that more than any other thing, even more than the precious people that we were blessed to serve. There at the Kate Baptist Church, she said, I, I miss most of all having my own personal faith problems." Well, I preach all over this country, just like I'm preaching here tonight, about trusting God, about trusting Him, and believing Him, to give through you what He would never give to you. Amen. And I happened to look up one night, and after I finished preaching, Miss Cassie was in the altar, she was praying, after the service was over, she came to me, and she said, I want to tell you what I was praying about tonight. She said, I got to thinking. She said, I got to thinking, you know, God don't need a sapparee to give through me. She said, I I I made a faith promise tonight. I said, honey, you made a faith promise? She said, yeah. And really, it was a step of faith because I have no uh, other than what churches give us, other than what they give you, they put in your pocket. Uh, I, I have no personal income, but I'm trusting the Lord to give through me this amount of money. And when she told me, I absolutely could not believe it. She said, I'm trusting the Lord to give through me money not to keep, not to spend but so I can give it to the mission field and send it on down the road so that others could hear the gospel. Well, not long after that, I I, I went to Miss Cassie and I said, Cassie, the Lord's laid this on my heart. You know, since we've been in missions, God has worked through our CD cells to provide every ounce of gas for our vehicles. He's done that now. It'll be seven years in the month of May. And God has been so kind and gracious to do that. And so I told Cassie, I said, from now on, if you'll take care of the CDs and all that comes in with the CDs, I'll keep making them. If you'll just man the CDs, order them when we need to reorder and things like that. Well, she was thrilled to do that. And so she started taking care of the CDs. And for almost seven years now, that's what we've done. We've taken the CD money, put gas in the vehicle, and we were able to support more missionaries because of the CD sale. Well, everywhere I go, if I haven't been at a church before, I'm always careful to ask the pastor, now preacher, whatever you say is more than fine. You will not offend me, but is it okay with you if I put some CDs out for sale on the table for a donation? And uh, I I went in one such church in the state of North Carolina like that, and they had had a little trouble with that in the past. And so the pastor, very kindly, just said to me, Brother Cardle, is it okay with you? Would you care not to put those CDs out? And I said, oh, no, no, preacher, there's no problem. Listen, I've pastored before. There's no problem. Don't think another thing about it. And so I told Miss Cassie, I said, now, Miss Cassie, you need to put those CDs away. Just put them under the table this week the preacher has kindly asked if we not even present them to the church and Cassie went, oh. I said, what's wrong, honey? She said, I need to get my faith promise out this week. I said, well, just hang on. We'll see what the Lord does. I preach everywhere. God will give through you what he would never give to you. Let's just trust the Lord. Let's just believe the Lord. And so we put the CDs up and Cassie rolled them up underneath the table. Do you know that week, not the week before, not the week after that week, we had the largest order for CD sales, of CDs on Dr.scottconnel.com that we ever had since we've been in the ministry. I mean, somebody had gone to drscottcalder.com and they had ordered one of every CD that we had. Now, at that time, we had nine CDs, and you get the Kmart Blue Light Special here. They're all $10 a piece. But online, if you go online, they're $15 a piece, and plus they pay shipping and handling. Well, you can figure that up. That's a pretty good amount. 15 times nine, and then I think, $20, shipping and handling, to get them to them. And here's the thing. Can I tell you who placed that order? Every time there is an order for CDs on our website, I get an email on my uh, iPhone and it tells me where to send the CDs and it tells me as well who ordered the CDs. And if they order, they got to pay before we even send them the CDs. Can I tell you who ordered all nine of my CDs? That very week that Miss Cassie needed that money to send to World Missions, it was a deaf Bible college choir in North Georgia. I don't think some of y'all heard what I just said. They are deaf. Evidently, like some of y'all. They can't hear. Now, the first thing I thought when I saw that order, Dr. Andy Bloom has played a dirty trick on Brother Carl. So, everybody that places an order, there is a phone number. And so I thought, well, I ain't got nothing to lose. They've already paid for the CD. The money's in the bank. I'll call and see what kind of hoax this is. And so I called the number that was provided. And sure enough, the secretary at this deaf Bible college answered the phone. She called the name of the Bible college. And I said, "Uh, yes, ma'am. My name is Scott Caudill. And she said, oh, brother Caudill. She said, I can't believe this is you. I just placed a large order for CDs from your website. I said, so this isn't a joke. And she laughed and she said, no, why do you think it's a joke? I said, ma'am, are the people that go to your deaf college deaf? (laughs) And she laughed just like you're laughing. And then she proceeded to tell me the story. She said, oh, Brother Cardle, she said, "Uh, uh, most of them can hear a little bit. And so they have formed a deaf Bible college choir and they sign songs." They knew they could trust your music because it's conservative music and so what they do, they purchased your songs. They realize you do a lot of mission songs, songs about soul winning, things like that and so they use your music and they turn the volume up loud enough that they can feel the rhythm of the song in their feet and when they feel that rhythm, they sign to the rhythm She said, Brother Carl, your check is already in the mail. You know what Cassie did with that money? Not the week before, Brother Thomas. Not the week after. But Brother Allen, the very week, Cassie needed that money. Because there's a missionary somewhere that needed that support. There is a missionary somewhere that needed to put food on their family's table, that needed to put gas in their tank on deputation, that needed clothes on their back to go on down the road a little further with the Lord. I'm telling you, don't tell me that God isn't able. He has shown me too many times that is That is. And God is able. Brother Bloom, listen, I've thought and thought about it this week. And I pray for you, brother. I look around this beautiful facility. I see all these buildings that you have to keep up. You know how many thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a year it takes to buy the electricity and the heat and to buy new air conditioning units and you have everything looking so pristine around here. Why, there's no telling how much money you've spent on paint to keep all of these buildings looking as good as they're looking. And I noticed since the last time I've been here, you got a roof on every new building. Why, how in the world can you give? to reach the world with the gospel and still keep the paint on the wall and still keep the lights on. I'll tell you how you can do it. God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. I tell you what, I'm not missing out on that blessing. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to miss out on it. I'm going to trust God, believe God. I'm telling you, he's as good as his Bible. He's as good as his Word. God cannot lie, and therefore he will not lie. If the Bible says that God is able, then you can take it to the bank, brother. God is able, giving by faith is proving giving. And I thank God for it. You've listened so well. Would you bow your head?